Chapter Nine of The Long Shadow by B. M. Bower. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Tom Penn. Chapter Nine, The Double Crank. The weeks that followed immediately after bulged big with the things which Billy must do or have done, for to lie on one's back in the sun with one's hat pulled low dreaming lazily and with minute detail the perfect supervision of a model cow outfit from its very inception up through the buying of stock and the building of corrals and the breaking of horses to the final shipping of great trainloads of sleek beef is one thing to start out in reality to do all that with the hundred little annoyances and hindrances which come not to one's dreaming in the sun is something quite different but with all the perplexities born of his changed condition and the responsibility it brought him billy rejoiced in the work and airily planned the years to come years in which he would lead alexander p dill straight into the ranks of the western millionaires years when the sun of prosperity would stand always straight overhead himself a joshua who would by his uplifted hands keep it there with never a cloud to dim the glory of its light for the first time in his life he rode over texas prairies and lost thereby some ideals and learned many things the while he spent more money than he had ever owned or ever expected to own as the preliminary to making his pet dream come true truth to tell it mattered little to billy boyle whether his dream came true for himself or for another so long as he himself were the chief magician so it was with a light heart that he swung down from the train at tower after his homing flight and saw dill conspicuous as a flagstaff waiting for him on the platform his face puckered into a smile of welcome and his bony fingers extended readily to grip painfully the hand of charming billy i'm very glad to see you back william he greeted earnestly i hope you are well and that you met with no misfortune while you were away i have been very anxious for your return as i need your advice upon a matter which seems to me of prime importance i did not wish to make any decisive move until i had consulted with you and time is pressing did you uh buy as many cattle as you expected to get it seemed to billy that there was an anxious note in his voice your letters were too few and too brief to keep me perfectly informed of your movements why everything was lovely at my end of the trail dilly only i fell down on them four thousand two-year-olds parts of the country were quarantined for scab and i went way around them places and i was too late to see the cattlemen in a bunch when they was at the association only you ain't likely to savvy that part of the business and had to chase em all over the country course it was my luck to have em stick their prices up on the end of a pole where i didn't feel like climbing after em so i only contracted for a couple of thousand to be laid down in billing somewhere between the first and the tenth of june at twenty-one dollars a head it was the best i could do this year but next winter i can go down earlier before the other buyers beat me to it and do a lot better don't you worry dilly it ain't serious on the contrary dill looked relieved and billy could not help noticing it his own face clouded a little perhaps dill had lost his money or the bulk of it and they couldn't do all the things they had meant to do after all how else thought billy uneasily could he look like that over what should ordinarily be something of a disappointment he remembered that dill after the workings of the cattle business from the very beginning had been painstakingly explained to him just before billy started south had been anxious to get at least four thousand head of young stock on the range that spring something must have gone wrong 
Maybe a bank had gone busted or something like that. Billy stole a glance up at the other, shambling silently along beside him, and decided that something had certainly happened. And on the heels of that, he remembered, oddly, that he had felt almost exactly like this when Miss Bridger had asked him to show her where was the coffee, and there wasn't any coffee. There was the same heavy feeling in his chest, and the same... I wrote you a letter three or four days ago, on the third to be exact, Dill was saying. I don't suppose it reached you, however. I was going to have you meet me in Hardup, but then your telegram was forwarded to me there, and I came here at once. I only arrived this morning. I think that after we have something to eat, we would better start out immediately, unless you have other plans. I drove over in a rig, and as the horses have rested several hours and are none the worse for the drive, I think we can easily make the return trip this afternoon. You're the doctor, assented Billy briefly, more uneasy than before, and yet not quite at the point of asking questions. In his acquaintance with Dill, he had learned that it was not always wise to question too closely. Where Dill wished to give his confidence, he gave it freely. But beyond the limit he had fixed for himself was a stone wall, masked by the flowers, so to speak, of his unfailing courtesy. Billy had once or twice inadvertently located that wall. A great depression seized upon him and made him quite indifferent to the little pleasures of homecoming, of seeing the grass green and velvety and hearing the familiar notes of the meadow larks and the curlews. The birds had not returned when he went away, and now the air was musical with them. Driving over the prairies seemed fairly certain of being anything but pleasant today, with Dill doubled awkwardly in the seat beside him, carrying on an intermittent monologue of trivial stuff to which Billy scarcely listened. He could feel that there was something at the back of it all, and that was enough for him at present. He was not even anxious now to hear just what was the form of the disaster which had overtaken them. "'While you were away,' Dill began at last in the tone that braces one instinctively for the worst, "'I met accidentally a man of whom I had heard.' but whom I had not seen. In the course of our casual conversation, he discovered that I was about to launch myself and my capital into the cattle business, whereupon he himself made me an offer which I felt should not be lightly brushed aside. They all did, Billy could not help flinging out half resentfully, when he remembered that, but for his timely interference, Dill would have been gulled more than once. I admit that in my ignorance some offers advantageous only to those who made them appealed to me strongly. But I believe you will agree with me that this is different. In this case I am offered a full section of land, with water rights, buildings, corrals, horses, wagons, and all improvements necessary to the running of a good outfit, and ten thousand head of mixed cattle, just as they are now running loose on the range, for three hundred thousand dollars. I need only pay half this amount down, a five-year mortgage at 8% on the property covering the remainder, to be paid in five yearly installments, falling due after shipping time. Now that you did not buy as much young stock as we had first intended, I can readily make the first payment on this place, and have left between ten dollars and $12,000 to carry us along until we begin to get some returns from the investment. I am anxious to have you look over the proposition and tell me what you think of it. If you are in favor of buying, we can have immediate possession, ten days after the deal is closed, I think the man said. Billy tilted his hat brim a bit to keep the sun from his eyes, and considered gravely the proposition. It was a great relief to discover that his fears were groundless, and that it was only another scheme of Dilly's, 
another snare which he perhaps would be compelled in dill's interest to move aside he put the reins down between his knees and gripped them tightly while he made a cigarette it was not until he was pinching the end shut that he spoke if it's as you say and he meant no offense it looks like a good thing all right but you can't most always tell i'd have to see it say you might tell me where this bonanza is and what's the name of the brand if it's anywheres around here i ought to know the place all right alexander p dill must after all have had some sense of humor his eyes lost their melancholy enough almost to twinkle well the owner's name is brown he said slowly i believe they call the brand the double crank it is located located hell you think i don't know the cigarette ready to light as it was slipped from billy's fingers and dropped unheeded over the wheel to the brown trail below he took the reins carefully from between his knees straightened one that had become twisted and turned out upon the prairie to avoid a rough spot where a mud puddle had dried in hard ridges beyond he swung back again leaned and flicked an early horse fly from the ribs of the off horse touched the other one up a bit with his whip and settled back at ease tilting his hat at quite another angle oh where have you been billy boy billy boy oh where have you been charming billy he hummed in a carefree way that would have been perfectly maddening to anyone with nerves i suppose i am to infer from your silence that you do not take kindly to the proposition observed mr dill in a colorless tone which betrayed the fact that he did have nerves i can take a josh all right billy stopped singing long enough to say for a steady-minded cuss you do have surprising streaks dilly and that's a fact you sprung it on me mighty smooth for not having much practice i'll say that for you mr dill looked hurt i hope you do not seriously think that i would joke upon a matter of business he protested well i know old brown pretty tolerable well and i ain't accusing him of ribbing up a big josh on you he ain't that brand i must confess i fail to get your point of view said mr dill with just a hint of irascibility in his voice there is no joke unless you are forcing one upon me now mr brown made me a bona fide offer and i have made a small deposit to hold it until you came and i could consult you we have three days left in which to decide for or against it it is all perfectly straight i assure you billy took time to consider this possibility well in that case and all jokes aside i'd a heap rather have the running of the double crank than be president and have all the newspapers hollering how president billy boyle got up at eight this morning and had ham and eggs for his breakfast and then walked around the block with the queen of england hanging on to his left arm or anything like that but what i can't seem to get percolated through me is why in god's name the double crank wants to sell that mr dill remarked his business instincts uppermost it seems to me need not concern us seeing that they will sell and at a price we can handle i reckon you're right would you mind saying over the details of the offer again mr brown dill cleared his throat offered to sell me a full section of land extending from the line fence of the home ranch east uh-huh now what the devil's his idea in that billy cut in earnestly 
the double crank owns about three or four miles of bottom land up the creek west of the home ranch wonder why he wants to hold that out i'm sure i don't know answered dill he did not mention that to me but confined himself naturally to what he was willing to sell oh it don't matter and all the range stuff you said ten thousand head and i believe he is reserving some thoroughbred stock which he had bought in the last year or two the stock on the range the regular range grade stock all goes as well as the saddle horses must be the widow said yes and wants him to settle down and be a gentle farmer decided billy after a moment we will meet him in hardup to-night or to-morrow dill observed as if he were anxious to decide the matter finally do you think we would better buy it was one of his little courtesy ways of saying we in discussing a business transaction just as though billy were one of the firm buy you bet your life we'll buy i wish the papers was all signed up and in your inside pocket right now dilly i'm going to get heart failure the worst kind if there's any hitch lord what luck then we will consider the matter as definitely settled said dill with a sigh of satisfaction brown cannot rescind now there is my deposit to bind the bargain i will say i shall have been sorely disappointed if you had not shown that you favored the idea it seemed to me to be just what we want oh that part but it seems to me that old brown is sure locoed to give us a chance at the outfit he's gone plumb silly his friends ought to appoint a guardian over him only i hope they won't get action till this deal is cinched tight with that billy relapsed into crooning his ditty but there were odd breaks when he stopped short in the middle of a line and forgot to finish and there was more than one cigarette wasted by being permitted to go cold and then being chewed abstractedly until it nearly fell to pieces beside him alexander p dill folded loosely together in the seat caressed his knees and stared unseeingly at the trail ahead of them and said never a word for more than an hour End of chapter nine